I've got this list, right? This list of all these goals. You know, winning the G1, check. Best bout, check. Indie best bout, check. Tag belts, check. KOD open weight, check. IWGP junior tag, check. IC, check. There's only one left. There really is. That's the IWGP heavyweight championship. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with... Well, you know something, brother. This is James Prophet, dude. And we are here to talk about part... Uh, well, it's match three and match four. Match three and four, yeah. But we are on part three, right, James? Yeah. Third it's been a while. of Omega Okada. We haven't recorded in, geez, what, a month? I don't know. And we haven't recorded an episode about these guys in like two months. Yeah, we, we apologize. We have been either sick or um out of town or busy or whatever so yeah i we try to get them out every two weeks but sometimes it doesn't happen i know nobody's you know refreshing their podcast feed on that day just dying for the next one but i, I want one can. comment that says i was refreshing <laughs> just one comment that says that i'll leave it myself if i have to <laughs> that works um so james we left off at the end of Dominion, which was the mat- second match, mm-hmm. we are now two months later, uh, maybe one, going mm-hmm. into the G1, which, did we, have we talked about the G1 yet? We touched on but we should probably explain it again. So yeah. to catch up, this is going to be the third match. First match, Omega Okada, greatest match of all time, according to some people. Um, Okada wins. Second match was a 60-minute time limit draw, where... Again, the champion Okada seemingly would have won if the match was like 10 seconds longer. And now we're into this round-robin tournament called the G1 Climax that New Japan Pro Wrestling holds every year, where it's two blocks of 10 people. You wrestle everybody in your block, and the two guys with the best scores face in the finals. Yep. And leading into this, everyone was a little bit, I want to say, um, thrown off, confused, whatever, that... Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada were in the same uh, bracket. Yeah. The same They were on the same side, then the same block. Which means they have to wrestle. Mm-hmm. This is your first night of uh, G1. You have to wrestle. Um, so it's kind of like the, is this too soon kind of, kind of question. They had just did one in January, two in June, and now three. It's almost like... I don't know that we're we're really ready for a third. You kind of knew a third one was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and these matches were so hot that, like, before they announced the box, I'm sure a prediction would have been, like, okay, Omega's in one, Okada's in the other. They meet in the finals, Omega right. wins, and then they have the fourth match again, Japan with the four, um, four – oh, my gosh. Why am I blinking? The four-act story right, structure yeah. that yep. they have – the fourth act could have been Wrestle Kingdom that year. Yep. That's not to be. Yeah. They, they put them in the same block. Well, I remember thinking, I mean, at this point we were present fans. Like, we were watching it as it was happening. Yep. And I was bummed that they were in the same block. I was really bummed that. Really? You yeah, I was excited just, for the match? No, I was like, I, give it time. Like, I don't, I don't like it when there's a few like that where they're going constantly it feels especially with the epics that they had mm-hmm. it just seemed kind of like really like we're gonna do this again i was really excited i mean i'm I, like when it happened i'm not yeah. i'm not gonna like i'm not watching this but i was just like 
I thought maybe the third one would be Wrestle Kingdom the next year and just like let Okada sit out the G1. It's not a uh, rule or anything that the champion has to be in the G1, right? It's just kind of seems to always happen. Yeah. yeah. Or if or if they're on the separate blocks, um, just Kenny or one of the other just not make it all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when they were on the same side, you knew they were going to wrestle. You knew the date. There was no like mystery to it or anything. It just seemed kind of quick. Um, and regardless, yeah, go ahead. A kind of a spoiler they do every year for the G1 is whatever they'll announce the cards for each show of the G1 like before any of them happen. Right. So the final night of the G1 is always, almost always main evented by the two people who are wrestling to win the block. So that happened with uh, Tanahashi and Okada mm-hmm. uh, a couple years back. Yep. Last year, Abushi and... Who did he wrestle on his side? I forget. I forget. Can't remember. Uh, yeah, maybe Jay White, maybe. Yeah. It was. It and was. The, yeah, and then that year, uh, Omega Okada being the now big attraction match that it is, that was announced as the main event for the last night. And indeed, points added up after all their wins and losses that whoever won that match was going to win the block and go to the final. Well, James, not exactly. Oh. What it was was Omega had to win, but Okada could draw to advance. Okay, okay. Which did give it a little bit of, um, I don't know, there's a little bit of difference watching yeah. the match because you could you could say Okada's going to back off, he's going to not be as aggressive. Yeah. He essentially just has to outlast Kenny Omega. And the cool thing is every G1 Climax match has a 30-minute time limit. Yeah. So their first match that was, was 47 other. minutes. Their second match was 60. Yeah. And this time you're like, okay, one of them has to beat the other one 17 minutes faster than has ever happened between them yet. So so it's kind of like how we were talking about like they can do it all, Omega and Okada. This is like their, okay, you only have 30 minutes, mm-hmm. quote only. Um, see if you can do a, a short match and knock it out of the park. And um, the amazing thing is when they do it, they follow the story of the other two matches and just like, all right, we know it takes forever to beat these guys. Let's do an accelerated pace and go for home runs right off the bat. It's so good, James. <laughs> <laughs> this this feud is really good. <laughs> Hot take. Really good. The matches are really, really good. <laughs> I, I wanted to go ahead and get all into it, but if you did you have anything going into the G1 that you want to talk about? I'll just mention this, mention this really quick. So in the last episode... I had talked about how Okada kind of had this story going at some point that really started with the last match at Dominion where he was so worn out from his um, hectic schedule as champion that it was affecting his body and he was getting worn down. So every match he had would not only have the story of that match, but also the ongoing story of, oh, he's getting more hurt, he's getting more hurt. So the... Every time there's a G1 match, like, essentially, there's the two blocks, right? They'll alternate nights. So, like, Tuesday night would be, like, block A. Wednesday mm-hmm. night would be, like, block B, okay? So, when block A is having their matches, the people in block B will compete against each other in a tag team match. And they'll have, like, a tag team partner, right? The night before Omega Okada 3, their G1 match, they compete in a tag team match, right? And Okada... Because he's the champion, and at this point he's been champion for like eight or nine months, and he's a multi-time champion, so he's 
now being seen like, okay, he's the top dog in the company. So everybody he's wrestling in the G1 is bringing like the match of their life right. against Okada. Because if you beat the champion, you'll probably get a title shot later in the year or down the road after that. Yep. Okay. So Okada is like people will save their energy. They'll talk about that like oh they might be saving something back for their match with the champion. Okada has been having these brutal matches. He's hurt. So when he goes into this tag match the night before his match with Omega, like his neck is taped up, his shoulders mm-hmm. taped up. He's like, you know, you can see the pain on his face when he's walking to the ring. He looks confident, but just behind that, again, good acting. You can yeah. see him kind of like He's just worn down. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's grimacing, you know, he'll take like some deep breaths, you know, sort of like sucking up the pain. And there's a spot in the match where Okada kind of does a move to uh, Kenny's partner, this guy Takahashi, they call him the Tokyo Pimp, (laughs) who, um, like Okada, it does like a flying move or something, and he's down, and he tries to nip up a la Shawn Michaels, and he can't do it with his injured back and neck. So he just sort of like rolls forward, and you see him sort of just like give this like kind of shake his head a little bit like, I'm more hurt than I thought I was, you know? Yeah. And he tags out, and that's really it. You know, the match goes pretty quick. Kenny's team wins by pinning Okada's partner. This, but, but you're thinking when you see it, man, he's like really going into the match the next night with you know small injuries all over the place. So yeah, and the cool thing is, you know, like when he goes into the match the next night, he had had his neck tape and his back taped up, right? Mm-hmm. He goes into the match. He's removed the tape on one of his spots. And so, you know, like, he's not better the next night, but sort of this cool psychology thing where he's making these feeble attempts to make people think, oh, I'm not really hurt, which just makes it more obvious that he is. Right. And, it, again, and, good storytelling. And to the viewer, so when, when the match starts, Don <coughs> Callis is on the mic again, and he says... Don Callis being Kenny, from Kenny's hometown, his, yeah. like, friend of 20 years. The, the heel rooting for the heel, essentially. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Playing that role, he says that that might as well the trainer tape might might as well be a bullseye, um, and Oka- or Omega just immediately goes after the the spot. Um, I I also want to bring up this quote from Callus I loved right when Omega's on his way to the ring, he um he says that you know like I was just in the back with Kenny and the Young Bucks we had a group prayer I know Kenny's in the right mind space he's in a good place. So get ready for a religious experience because he's a messianic figure. He wants to change the world. <laughs> so one of the funny things about the Young Bucks is like them being in this Eastern culture, right? right. And I'll, I'll talk about my wife for a sure. second. She was a missionary in um, Africa. And so when she went to Africa as an American, people know that American America is um, often thought of as a Christian country. Okay. So people would just think, like, well, if you're an American, you're a Christian. So, like, people would talk to her, like, so, like, you're a Christian, like Britney Spears and things like that. Yeah. And so, again, that's kind of how they think of Christians. And so different culture, you know, the Young Bucks are, like, the Christian boys. And, like, you know, they're loud. They're obnoxious. They kind of cheer on Omega when he's doing sort of these, like, dishonorable things. And so Cal is saying, like, oh, you know, we were having a group prayer in the back. It's sort of, like, 
this eye rolling like come on you know i think they had a shirt or something that they called them good christian good, boys some good like christian that. boys yeah i think in real life the young bugs are christians yeah though, right? i think so i think so Okay, but anyway, I that just kind of made me chuckle. Like, you got the obnoxious guys like, oh, yeah, we're having a group prayer in the back. No, Omega's in a really good place. <laughs> and then he goes to the, he's a messianic figure. Yeah, I think I, I don't remember figure. if it was that match or the next one. <laughs> At some point, he does call him, like, a wrestling god, which is kind of like a right. nod to that as well. Yeah, Young Bucks are with Kenny, just like the first two matches this time out. Always that aside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Always that aside. Um, For the moment. So, so uh, the thing about Okada waiting it out, um, showing that he's a competitor, he he does not do that, and he um, it's it's pretty aggressive early on. He hits the rainmaker pose like less than five minutes into the match. Yeah, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's just really like fun to be like New Japan. Usually, being the forty-five hour long minute matches that they like these have been kind of a Goldberg <laughs> or right. something moment where you're like, is he going to freaking hit this like five minutes in and it's going to be over? <laughs> like the world. Yeah. Be pretty cool. Another uh, cool thing you brought up, Don Callis said like that tape on Okada's neck might as well be a bullseye. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds in, Kenny Omega hits a dragon soup like straight on Okada's yeah. neck. And be, again, we know wrestling's fake, right. but because of like, you know, watching the story of like Okada being injured, seeing the tape, Omega hits this move and watching it, I went like, <sighs> just because I'm like, imagine that. That'd be well, like the brutal. Two things, like the, the strong style part of it makes it, you, you wince watching it. Yes. And then also the selling of Okada. Like, Amazing I think seller. I said this last episode. I, he's really like moved up there as far as like top five sellers of all time for me. Yeah. Um, he's great. He's great first like minute of the match has like six to eight reversals in like 60 yeah. seconds so, like again kenny's still in that mindset i want to out wrestle this guy like i don't just want to beat him i want to show i'm a better professional wrestler he he does a lot of really uh, <laughs> hardcore stuff to his battle he does these flare chops to like not just his back but like the like the lower neck like that oh, yeah right there and it just looks so brutal it does and you hear like the yeah that noise like i don't know smack how smack on his neck let's watch more of it tonight again and like the v triggers like oh my i don't God. know how he does it like the, the v trigger is the knee to the face that josh and i were talking oh, about that so good and it sounds it sounds so legit yeah it um, does it's just a very hardcore match almost going just back and forth. Okada um, does the uh, crossbody block into yes. the chairs for there's the third straight match. And there's three rows of chairs that he <sighs> goes into. Again, I said this like last time, but it always looks so reckless. Taking it up a notch. And I'm just like, Kenny's going to like somehow get a broken rib out of this. Speaking of reckless shames, there's, <laughs> never does. there's a spot where he does. I don't know if this is, I don't think this is the same part you were talking about. Maybe it was, but he does. Kenny does a snapdragon suplex okay. on the apron. No, I didn't. No, I was which not talking about that. We may have said this before <laughs> in a podcast, but for some reason the apron just is like hard to watch. Sometimes it looks like it so up. much like wor- like more painful. So yeah, in WWE there's this reoccurring thing where like they'll refer to the apron as the quote hardest part of the ring. Yeah, yeah we and have. It, Okay, yeah, it really is. You know, like, the way they structure a ring is for noise, largely. There are thin mats, but it's a lot of wood. Okay? Right. 
the edge of the ring, holding up the big ring post and all that, that is apparently pretty hard. Okay, yeah. And so whenever they do that, you know, even if it's not, like, the psychology of us hearing it over and over, it just made that dragon suplex, like, oh my gosh. Well, that's, a, like, a hard move anyway. And yeah. then, like, to do it on the side. They do, a lot of times on the apron stuff, they'll do a will he, won't he kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they just don't, and that you get the, like, ooh and ahs from just the fact that they might do just it. Just that they're teasing it, yeah. But this one, they do that, and I really, like, just like, he's not going to do that. Straight and up, they just... Did. <laughs> so a Snapdragon suplex is basically... I'm bad at explaining wrestling moves, but it's like you have your... <laughs> arms behind their neck, and you bring them back for just, like, a super fast suplex where they're the part that we were talking about the flare chops is the exact spot that you hit is your lower neck your upper back whatever that part right there yeah um which for a wrestler is just a scary (laughs) thing you know yeah like Hulk Hogan in one uh documentary of his he talked about wrestling Mr. Wonderful like for Mm -hmm. three months straight he said there are certain spots where you can like hit a guy wide open and they'll they'll be okay and they can hit you and it's fine the back of the neck is not one of those. And yeah. he was really, and like he said, and Orndorff was really giving it to me there. And this match, with that in mind, you know, Omega kind of like, you're thinking they're maybe the two best on the planet right now. Yeah. So I know they're protecting each other as best they can. But like, theoretically. stuff happens. But and... stuff happens. And yeah. yeah, I don't want to see. Again, that's every match I feel like there's something we've talked about. Like those drop kicks off the top, that backdrop through the table in the first match. Where it's like super dangerous. I don't want to see this ever again. That dragon suplex, that full Nelson suplex onto the neck, <laughs> onto the apron of the ring. Fine if I never see that again yeah. for the rest of my life. Just but watch, it was cool. Just to watch, watch that one over yeah. Um So it wasn't too long into the match, maybe 15 minutes or so. Okada does hit a Rainmaker, um, but he holds on to. Uh, the wrist. He maintains his, wrist control. He maintains wrist control instead of <laughs> going for a pin, which you're just kind of like yelling at the TV like, dude, wrap it up. You could <laughs> – no one's ever kicked out, right? Or maybe Kenny did before. I can't remember. Think, but Yeah. But it's it's a, usually a pretty out, good, yeah. like, they're over. Um, I don't know if anybody had ever kicked out a two back-to-back. So he holds on, does a second one. And he just screams at the crowd like he's just like, yeah, you know, still not pinning. <laughs> um, so he goes for a third, and Kenny ducks and does a German suplex. Um, yes, and he actually does, I think, another German suplex right after that. His German suplexes, um, by the way, look great. Would you say they're better than Brock Lesnar's? I would. <laughs> Brock, like, throws a guy. Kenny, like, arches his back. They look pretty, you know. Yeah, they're, they're a- they actually graceful. are kind of, like, different for a move that's pretty standard. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kenny tries for the one-winged angel. James, this is, like, top three spots of the whole feud for me. All right, let's hear it. Um, and, again, I'm bad at explaining ma- uh, moves. But no, <laughs> you're not. So he tries to go for the one-winged angel, which begins with bending down and putting their – um, putting them on top of his neck, almost like you would hold like your kid, like on yeah, top of your to shoulder. the back of your neck, yeah. And um, Okada starts punching his head, which is like a general, like common way to get out of that kind of hold. It's just to punch them like 
uh, Shawn Michaels, Vader, SummerSlam style, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, so instead of just completely collapsing, Kenny just kind of picks him up again, does... <laughs> you're better at this, James. What is it? It's like he does the Kreutz Wrath, which is a move oh. that he only does like Okay. Once every two years or so. So or yeah. So. so to get the one winged angel, essentially, when with Okada in that position, sitting on Kenny's shoulders, crouched to neck, Kenny has to like lift his arm in the air, grab him around Okada's neck, pull him forward, and then like jump and drive Okada down on his neck. With Okada doing all this punching, like Omega realizes, like Okada's straight up, he's happen. not gonna get it. Yeah. So instead, Kenny uses his strength to like push Okada, like almost toss him like over his own head forward. But then he catches him around the top of Okada's leg. So Okada's, like, in midair when he got caught. Yeah. And then Kenny just, like, falls backwards. Right. And that's called Kreutz Wrath. Yeah. So it's Which like is, a, like, a really a nerdy video game reference. But <laughs> What video game does it reference? I don't even know. I feel I like either. if Joe Hargit is listening, he would know this. But Somebody it, screaming at their Well, no, it's, it's right like now. a YouTube, like, somebody playing a video game on YouTube. Okay. Named Croy or something, and he freaks out that he doesn't, whatever beats a video game or whatever, okay. and he freaks out, and so it's, that's what it's called. It's Croy's wrath, but that's one of my favorite moves, and I love that they save it. It's not like in every match that Kenny has. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this match, by the way, if the fir- I I just wanted to make this comparison. If the first two matches were sort of like Street Fighter Two, with like special moves, and you know, like um kind of these epic moments that they're going for these epic moves this match is like street fighter 2 hyperdrive or yeah. hyperfighting whatever it was called where it, everything's just accelerated yeah and it makes it really exciting you know it's like time is of the essence it we doesn't, gotta beat him in 30 minutes it's it doesn't feel rushed though like it's it doesn't and i think it is because you were set up with the it's perfect psychology <clears throat> well the longer matches you know like 30 minutes in wwe or anywhere else like that's a long match. That yeah, the WrestleMania main event is usually south of thirty minutes. Yeah. So this being quote just, I mean it's not thirty because mm-hmm. spoiler it gets finished. It's not a draw, but you know twenty five whatever it is feels like um, it. It feels like enough. It doesn't feel like oh they just did that real fast just so they could get it over with before the time limit's finished. Right. And like you said, that's not unusual in New Japan. <clears throat> Okada, Tanahashi, right? They've yeah. had, like, classic years-long feud in New Japan. They've had, like, 11 or 12 matches together. Uh, a couple years ago, they were in the G1. And again, 30-minute time limit. One of the big stories was they had never had a match that went shorter than 30 minutes. Yeah. So it was, like, this big deal where, like, Tanahashi, if he had a draw, he advanced to the finals, but Okada had to win in a way he had never won like that before. And and they had the draw. Match went 30-minute time limit. And so, again, it's a cool thing yeah. that Japan does like that, you know, longer main events. Do you have anything else, James, um, before the end? I have I only have the end left. Um, I So I did like how Callus brought up with um, the kind of the story that Okada was really hurt. He brought up, like, well, both these guys had to fight Minoru Suzuki fairly recently, so they're both hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a big Suzuki fan, so I thought that was a cool way to put him over. He's this, like, 50-something-year-old, like, crazy old man who used to be an MMA fighter. 
Um, he always has these kind of young boys he's training, but then he'll just like beat the crap out of them for fun if he gets frustrated. <laughs> so he's a super fun character. Um, the um, Kenny took off the trainer's tape on Okada's neck just so his chops and blows to the neck would hurt that much more. Yeah. Thought that was kind of cool. And um, Josh brought, you brought up the chops. He also did these like vicious looking kicks to the neck. And again, oh, yeah. you brought it up like uh, Shawn Michaels in his comeback match. Anything to the back would make you just like grimace. Yeah. Yep. This is the same thing for me where I know it's all story. And at the same time, I'm so invested. It's like a movie. You I get wonder, invested in these characters. And I wonder too, if like in a few years, if something does come out where like he has to retire early because of like next stuff, like, you know, this yeah. match will be colored forever where we're like, we watch it again. And we're like, oh, God, that's where he was well, starting that to. Remember Steve Carino quote from the first match when they did the uh, dragon suplex off the top rope? Yeah, that's. Yeah. And the announcers just went quiet. Then Steve Carino, the ex-wrestler, yep. says, when Okada has neck fusion, like kind of dryly, not excitedly, just like when Okada has neck fusion surgery in two years, he's going to remember this move from this match. Yeah. Almost just like, almost like. Con- condemning it you know yeah. like why are you doing this yeah um but all right josh so so the end is it's finish. pretty pretty straightforward <laughs> um kenny finally goes for the one-winged angel oh so, go ahead sorry one last thing don Callis flipping his crap about okada's drop kick i love so much yeah so it, yeah at some point like Kenny's like getting momentum. He runs off the ropes, and Okada for like the third time counters with like this amazing drop kick he has. Best like drop kick than ever. anyone in the business, yeah. And Callus just screams. GD does he? Yeah, yeah he, GD. Yeah, yeah. He, it, we're kind of censoring here. But he does not censor. He's just like, <laughs> damn it! Like yeah. he yells it as loud as he can. It, and again, it's just kind of funny. Like Looking the shameless back, man, he is him. really good. Like I didn't like him when I first was watching these matches. I didn't either because I loved Carino, but, but he is really good. He, like he's good at like selling things, like for the like driving home points and you know doing the job of <laughs> that that playing that role. So yeah. Um, but the move we were talking about earlier, V trigger, Kenny hits two of those, mm-hmm. um, and they're. Awesome. That knee to the face. And then he picks him up for the one-winged angel and, and lands it one, two, three. And you're just kind of like in disbelief, like the the unbeatable Okada. I mean, he's still the champion because it's not it's a non-title match. Right. But you just see Kenny beat him, like right yeah. in the middle of the ring. And so on one hand, like if you're an Okada fan, you're like, well, he's injured. He was injured. and and But Kenny being the heel is like, I told you. Right. I told you all along. Yep. And there I just did it in under 30. And also, as a <laughs> as a Kenny fan, you're kind of like, but he still doesn't have the freaking title. Like, <laughs> he needs to be the guy, you know? So it's kind of um, good and bad for both for both uh, sides of the coin. So um, Okada's relatively quickly ushered out. Um, yeah. Kenny speaks to the crowd in Japanese because he's awesome. <laughs> Um, pretty much just calls out Naito for the G1, which... Naito is in the finals, and which now Kenny's in the finals. He loses. Um, yes. So Naito wins uh, the G1. Which means Naito's getting the title shot at the biggest show of the year at Wrestle Kingdom. Which would be January of the next year. Yeah, so that's about 
five, six months down the line. Yeah. Right? But, and yeah. we 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 don't have time to go into Naito Okada right now. No. That might be another feud for another day because it rules. But in the meantime, let's talk about the locker guy. room. Yeah. So after Kenny loses the finals, okay, um, they have this moment where this was shown later. Okay. He walks into the locker room dejected. He's crying, and the young bucks are with him. And in the locker room with his arms kind of open is this guy, Ibushi. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about Kenny Omega and Ibushi for okay. a second. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm an idiot. and I'm <laughs> <You're> not. <laughs> Go ahead, too. <laughs> All right. So before New Japan, Kenny Omega and Ibushi, uh, this guy, Koto Ibushi, they got their start together in wrestling. Okay. They were kind of put into a tag team. Uh, in real life, the promoter said, I'm going to call you guys the Golden Brothers. And apparently one of them went like, that's sort of dumb. And again, in a wrestling thing, like, this is dumb. So let us be this thing that's a little less dumb. Yeah. He said, let us be the Golden Lovers. You know, at least we could, like, play something up there, have some kind of gimmick. Yeah. And, uh, the guy just went like, okay, so they are a tag team called the Golden Lovers. They both have a ton of potential from the beginning. Yep. And teaming with each other, they get even better rather quickly okay so it's almost like they have this rocker style reputation where if you've seen them wow they're great and if you've only heard about them the reputation is like you've got to see them they're really special yeah okay so here's what happens koto abushi's character on the show is not unlike how he seems to be in real life in the sense where He's always seeking, like, the next mountain to climb, okay, yep. symbolically. So after they've been teaming for a while, they're called the Golden Lovers. Koto Ibushi says he wants to move on. They're in this federation called DDT, which is sort yep. of like, think ECW to uh, WWE and WCW. Like, they're not at New Japan's level. They're not at all Japan's level, but they're, like, respected and known indie yep. type deal. Okay. So Koto Ibushi leaves, and he goes to do something else. And Kenny's just sort of, like, stuck there now without a partner. And he starts doing single stuff. He gets really good, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He ends, Kenny Omega ends up in New Japan. Koto Ibushi is always in and out of New Japan. Like, he got there before Kenny. He was in the um, junior heavyweight title picture for a while. He was getting very popular. Okay. He had a good following. But then he would leave. He'd be like, I want to go do something else. I want to learn something different. And so he'd be in and out of New Japan. When Omega got to New Japan, he kind of stayed there, right? And so after Omega became this main event player and won the G1, main evented Wrestle Kingdom, he's going into, you know, they're kind of coming up on the next G1. And sometime before the Dominion match, Koto Ibushi returns to New Japan. And at a press conference, which this is how New Japan does promos, they say, so what brings you back to New Japan? Well, you're thinking because of Ibushi's character, like Ryu in Street Fighter 2, he's going to say, like, I've come to do what I haven't done, which is win the New Japan World title, or I've come to take the Intercontinental title, I want to face Naito, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What he says is, I came here with the hopes that he would come back to me. And that's all he says. He doesn't say who he is. That's all he gives people. I came here with the hopes that he would come back to me. But if you know the history, and again, like most New Japan fans did, mm -hmm. it was sort of like this, that's Golden Lovers. Like, that's 
Kenny Omega. So here's the other thing, okay? We have to talk about how homosexuality had been handled in the past in wrestling, okay? It had often, like in sitcoms, mm-hmm. like in movies, unfortunately, it had been played up as a joke. You know, it'd be like a cheap laugh, haha. Or like, um, like Gold Dust is the kind of go-to example. Yeah. Like, really, like you can't have a homosexual character without them being like in full drag and like making really over sexual gestures all the time and they can't just be a character that is gay well i'm gonna defend goldust okay all right i actually think that was a really deep character the uh psychology of goldust like he would quote movies all the time but also he'd be playing this like overly flamboyantly gay character but then the implication was always like He's got to be gay, but it doesn't. I don't think he's actually gay. And so the thing is, like, he was playing on people's homophobic fears, essentially. Gotcha. I didn't get that in when I was uh, an 11-year-old watching Roddy Piper beat him up with a baseball bat. Right, and see, and that's the thing, because then they do that. Be like, oh, he's getting what he deserves. Right. And and they, Jerry Lawler called him the Q word on TV, the queer on TV one week, and that was awful. So, you know, like, even when, like, it's this nuanced thing, it's like, no, it's terrible. This is handled really badly. They had done Billy and Chuck on TV. Yeah. Where, like, it's like, finally, a gay couple. And, like, Glad reached out to WWE and said, like, this is great, guys. And then when they did their wedding, it was like, okay, we've taken this far enough. We're not actually gay, you guys. And yeah. Nothing against that, but come on, you know. The most respect that had ever been shown to a gay character in wrestling in the mainstream, and it was in WWE. Billy and Chuck, that terrible idea, you know, where, like, let's have them be gay, but then not really, you know, because who wants that? They had this manager named Rico who was supposed to be their stylist, quote-unquote, and he was gay. Like, his character was gay, okay? What they would do is, at some point, when they get tired of making, they got tired of making, like, all the stupid jokes about Mm -hmm. it, right? He was just, like, pretty much a normal charismatic guy who happened to be gay there wasn't anything like flamboyant you know there wasn't like some huge stereotype he would just be like rico you know and he's a fun character and and that's again he wasn't a huge part of the show but i remember being pleased like okay finally (laughs) we have a gay character where it's not embarrassing if like your friend watches this with you and you just think like I, I don't this is like I, I know can't this excuse is, this right if, I can't excuse it yeah so all that being said this Omega Abushi wrinkle that they introduce here so that he might come back to me is handled completely normally like yep. they don't treat it like it's something unusual they they don't mention it at all it's just like you know Kenny Omega's bisexual apparently Abushi is I'm not sure bi or fully yeah. gay but um it's just like okay they were together and abushi wants his ex back essentially but and again they don't really talk about it abushi said that and he he wants omega omega because he had had his heart broke before theoretically when abushi left him to go seek his next mountain yeah like omega had been asked about it and he says something like Abushi, that's in the past. I'm on to bigger, better things, new horizons, the Bullet Club. We are changing the world. He would just, like, barely acknowledge it, right? Yep. So he loses the G1 final, walks through the curtain, 
and he sees Abushi standing there. And Abushi sort of like kind of lightly holds his arms open just a little, right? And Omega, like, you know, walked through the curtain. He's crying. He, like, walks straight up into Abushi, to Abushi, and, like, collapses in his arms with, like, and puts his, like, head, like, buries his head into Abushi's shoulder, like, with his tears. And it only lasts for, like, three or four seconds. And yeah. then Omega kind of backs up, like, puts his hands up, like, no, 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 I'm not doing this again, and walks off. No dialogue, you know. I think that was only shown on Being the Elite. It may have only been shown on Being the Elite. The whole segment lasted, like, what, 30 seconds yeah. tops? Maybe, like, 15 to 20? Yeah. But, again, it's this hugely powerful thing. Like, okay, Abushi's reaching out. They're having interaction. Omega, deep down, seems to want this. But he doesn't trust himself, himself to yeah. not get hurt like right. he got hurt before, theoretically. And he walks off. That was the whole segment. But that was a big deal, okay? Yep. So we had talked before in the last match, Cody Rhodes making a play for leader of Bullet Club, mm-hmm. trying to discredit Kenny. I'm talking a lot right no, now. No, you're fine, James. Keep going. All right. So Cody has a match with Okada. He, like, challenges Okada for a title match, right, before the G1 match we just talked about. Mm-hmm. During Cody's match, Kenny Omega comes down with a towel. He's like, oh, Cody's hurt. We got to throw in the towel, just like Cody had done for him. Yeah. He stopped. And then Okada just beats Cody clean eventually. But that was like the next kind of one-upsmanship between Kenny and Cody. Um, There's sort of this thing, you know, like, is Kenny distracted by Ibushi? Kenny's like, no, no, I'm fully bullet club. You know, I'm not with Ibushi. I'm not worried about he can do what he wants. Yeah. And so... Kenny Omega, like you're gonna bring up, he gets into a side thing with Chris Jericho. Yeah. So what, what did you want to say about? Oh, that? not nothing. I just was, I was just gonna talk about what the placeholder stuff was between G1 and where they eventually meet again, which is Dominion okay. for the next year. So essentially, just saying they have the Okada, <coughs> excuse me, Okada Naito match at Wrestle Kingdom 12, which is I don't remember if it's five, but it's it's a really freaking good match. Um, Naito loses, and Omega has this kind of program with Chris Jericho. Um, he beats him at Wrestle Kingdom 12 as well. Okay. Um, that was pretty much it. Just kind of what's going on in those. Because it's weird. It's like G1 is August. Mm-hmm. And even between then and Wrestle Kingdom is four months. And Wrestle Kingdom, they're still not hinting at anything again uh, between... Omega and Okada. Yeah. Yeah. And so, while this is going on, like Josh brought up, the uh, Kenny has the Jericho thing, Okada beats Naito. Cody says, like, I want to have a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, and I want to challenge a top competitor to establish myself as a single star. It's like, okay, great. So he challenges Abushi. Right. And so that's like this subtle he- little, like... Head game. Right, like head game with Kenny Omega. And so... Cody's like, do you have a problem with me challenging Ibushi? I mean, are you for Bullet Club? You want me to succeed, right? Because you want us to succeed more than you care right. about Ibushi. And Omega's like, well, well, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you know, just, I'm just surprised you picked Ibushi. He's like, oh, well, don't worry, Kenny, I'll, I'll beat him real good. And yeah. show, him, show him that the Bullet Club's, you know, where it's at. Ibushi ends up beating Cody at of Wrestle course. Kingdom, of course. <laughs> um, Ibushi 
his character, I miss he's like Ryu <laughs> from Street Fighter. He's very serious, very well disciplined. His physique is incredible. Ridiculous. You know, shredded, yeah. It's funny because, like, you know, most people listening probably aren't New Japan fans. <laughs> and to introduce Ibushi, essentially, it's like he's the third best wrestler in New Japan. Like, <laughs> right. he's just an unreal athlete who's up there with the likes of Omega, Okada, Tanahashi. Yeah. I mean, he's just so fun to watch. Um, him and Omega, when they were together, were both very, like, the high flyer kind of thing. Just, mm-hmm. like, doing crazy moonsaults off. I remember there was a storyline about Ibushi getting banned from, I can't remember which, some arena, uh, because he did a moonsault off of the rafters. Oh, my gosh. And uh, legit, like... <laughs> In real life, got, got banned, banned from, the um, from being there because it was just too dangerous. Um, so Don Dontaku, um, James, in May after these couple matches, is this where uh, the we get the Cody laying out Omega thing? No, this is Okada calling out Kenny. Cool. Can we cover a couple more things yeah, before we get sure. there? That's cool. Okay. I've got my timeline all screwed up, so go no, ahead. No, you're fine. Okay. So after Wrestle Kingdom, um, again, like, Cody starts getting more open with making a power grab for the Bullet Club. He starts yeah. questioning Kenny's leadership openly. Uh, he, And again, like, there's all this arguing in the Bullet Club, and the kind of the catchphrase huh. becomes, like, the Bull- Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is fine. And it, then, if you want to go watch stuff, there's... We have a giant list of all the bullet, um, the BTE This is on our episodes. Facebook page, uh, the Pull Apart Podcast, right? But the big one is um, the episode called Bullet Club is Fine, um, which is, of course, not true. And right. There's this huge rift. There's a few side players of Hangman Page is like a young guy that's kind of an up-and-comer. He's Cody's, quote, best friend. He's, te- he's definitely, te- yeah, and like there becomes a rift in the Bullet Club where like, you're on Kenny's side or Cody's side. Yeah. And it seems like Cody's it's, people are loyal and Kenny's people are doubting him. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Hangman and Marty are on Cody's side and the Bucks are on Kenny's side. Yes. And the old dudes from Bullet Club really could care less. Yeah, they're, they're care like less. over the drama. Yeah. yeah. So what happens one night is, uh, and again, Cody's catchphrase kind of becomes like, Bullet Club is fine yeah. and Bullet Club is mine. <laughs> yeah. And so one night, Kenny and Cody, after a match, are having this argument in the ring. Um, so, so this is um, sorry. This is Jay White just beat Omega for the U.S. title. Okay, yeah, Omega was U.S. champion, which is kind of like he won the U.S. title. And... In your head, setting up, okay, like Omega could go for, um, you know, the big one again. He doesn't have a belt now. Mm-hmm. Also putting over Jay White. I, I just think it's amazing how many different storylines are like coinciding with this. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but is incredible. so the young up and comer uh, Hangman comes out to essentially challenge in the wrestling fashion of just like stare down with a belt. Right. Um, challenge Jay White. And Kenny gets kind of like frustrated because he just had this amazing match with Jay White and kind of just wants like, Hey, don't be disrespecting Jay White. He's a really good athlete. That kind of like the thing where you look like you're going to punch him and then you shake their hand like that kind of vibe. Yeah. So he really just takes the belt. Hangman had kind of taken it, taken it, taken it from, (laughs) um, and like was holding it up in Jay White's face. 
So Omega takes the belt from him and kind of like Tosses roughly it gives White. it to Jay White as like, hey, this is his. He earned it. Well, of course, the hangman's butthurt about that, thinking that he's like, you know, saying something about him. And Code. this is different for Kenny's character. It's like he's getting more respectful. Right. You know? Yeah, he's not as like much of a jerk. Yeah. Um, Cody comes out and says, well, I was telling Jess this uh, tonight. It's like, I think it's interesting how in Japan, since the crowd is so quiet, when they have this kind of moment, you hear everything. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of times in WWE, you're just like they just look like they could be shouting watermelon over and over, and you <laughs> don't really know what they're saying. But um, Cody's basically telling Kenny, don't steal his moment. The way that he's spinning it is, Hangman came out here to like have a challenge for Jay White, and Kenny's making it. He says, like, this isn't about you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Kenny and Cody bickering. No, you're good. Um I think Matt Jackson tries to step in to yep. break it up. And without really seeing who it is, Kenny shoves Matt Jackson. Yep. And he falls on his butt. And then, like, Nick yells, like, what, I think. Yeah, they're and just kind of like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And, yeah, Kenny turns <clears> around, <throat> and, like, he kind of puts his hands on and says, like, no, I'm sorry. And Matt Jackson, again, like, it, things were getting iffy with the Bucks and Kenny. Right. He's, like, he's hurt, and he's pissed, and he's... Again, he's exhausted like, too from like he, you can tell he's just like I just had this giant match with freaking Jay White lost the belt and now you guys come out here doing all this crap like I can't really right, deal yeah. with this right now so he goes to like try to apologize and the Young Bucks just like Matt Jackson walks off and his brother Nick Jackson is high partner just like I'm they're just Matt. like whatever and they just leave the ring yeah so this <laughs> is Kenny alone with Cody and Hangman Page right yep. alright Josh so he does the kind of like stare down don't know what's going to happen with hangman and they basically just do like a handshake fist bump kind of thing saying like we're cool whatever we just got kind of carried away Mm -hmm. hangman leaves just him and cody left right (laughs) kenny goes to leave yeah and cody grabs him from behind and hits his move his finishing move crossroads on kenny omega yeah omega goes like down face first essentially like official like turn like there's been months like, of just like you know, it's been simmering like, like eight frustrations months, right? with yeah. each other and stuff, and this is just like nope, okay, now it's over. And Cody's like staring at his hands, and he starts smiling like, yeah, mm, that was all it took. Yep. And Hangman re-enters the ring, right? Yep. And Cody like says like, get a chair. Yeah. And Hangman's just like, fine, screw him, screw yeah. Kenny. Like, what? Kevin Kelly just freaking offers up his chair like he's. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, He's not as good of an actor as yeah. <laughs> Okada, but yeah. So he gets to get a get a chair, um, gives it to Cody. Cody's got it pulled back like he's gonna smash him, and then like, you hear the crowd get excited, which is like I said, rare. That's unusual. In and uh, you see Ibushi running down the ramp, mm-hmm. jumps in and basically intercedes, saves Kenny, chases off Cody, and um, Hangman. Yep. Okay. You want to describe he, the next one? He's moment? as much of a, a threat that it's believable that he would kind of freak Cody and Hangman out. Like, they're just like, bye, I don't want anything to do with it. Right, yeah. Um, he, he looks at Kenny. Kenny's still kind of doing the, like, no, like, I don't, you know, I don't know about all this. And then eventually they just do, like, a really good, like, embrace, like, hug. Yeah. 
I, uh, he kind of pushes Ibushi away, and Ibushi just like throws his arms down and says something, and then they just like both throw their arms around each other at the same time. What I think I love is they immediately pop this red confetti all over the place. Yeah, which I'm yeah. like, what was that for? Was that supposed to be for Jay White? Like, what's <laughs> what's the like conceit that this was waiting for? Like, right? Like it was just planned. But the kind of cool thing is, this is something that the fans have been clamoring for for so long. That when they finally delivered it, it was like a confetti-worthy moment. Right. Wrestling's fake. It just makes you know? sense yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Really cool moment if you want to Google it. Um, there is, if you can find it, a documentary um, called Omega Man about Kenny Omega that is mostly about the Golden Lovers. And that was made by a Canadian TV yes. station, was it? Um, TSN, which is like TSN. their ESPN. It's like a 30 for 30. Okay. Um but anyway, it's really And good. that's how big this got. This yeah. New Japan rivalry got a documentary on a character. Kenny's changing the world, James. Yeah, in Canada, yeah. So so we do so then we go to Dontaku. Okay. Um Well Go ahead. So the last thing, so this young Bucks thing, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny and Ibushi start teaming. Okay. And there's like this tension with Kenny and the Young Bucks. They they can't seem to like make up effectively. Kenny just sort of like disengages from the Bullet Club. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm with Abushi, man. Uh, so him and Abushi start teaming. They're hanging out. Kenny's attitude, he becomes even more kind of happy. Yes, you know, less bitter. And at some point, you know, the, Cody, they really play him as like the devil on the shoulder yeah. in these segments with the Bullet Club guy. He's like, Kenny's not even around anymore, guys. I think he's out. And they'll show Cody like buying everybody in the Bullet Club a present <laughs> except Kenny. You know, he yeah. gets them all these weight belts with their name on it like he wears. And um, at some point, and again, Kenny's just like, he's just out. He's disengaged. He's not talking Bullet Club. He's not getting into anything going on except for like they'll show him kind of awkwardly bump into the young bucks sometimes and be like hey guys and they'll be like yeah thanks for not pushing me this time or something like that like they won't like he'll pass them on the airport and be like that whereas they used to always be together it'd be oh i gotta take this flight you know just just not as yeah buddy buddy as they used to be right right and so after this match where um kenny and abushi tag team and they win Kenny's feeling great, and he says something like, you know, me and Ibushi, we're the best tag team in the world. Which, again, for years, he'd been saying, like, you know, I'm the best single, Young Bucks are the best tag, we're the elite. Right. And But now he's in this kind of, again, like, he's in a relationship with somebody that he loves, you know. Yeah. They're tag teaming, he's like, we're the best tag team in the world. Well, right after that, like, right before that, Cody had been saying to the Bucks, like, I don't think Kenny respects you guys like he should. You've proven you're on your own level, mm-hmm. and he's teaming with Abushi. What's he trying to prove? And the Young Bucks have kind of said, like, well, Kenny doesn't think that, blah, blah, blah. Or they would say, like, we're junior heavyweight, so it's not the yes. same, you know. And so then Omega says this thing, you know, we're the best tag team in the world. And, like, a minute later, the Young Bucks come out to the ring. You know, they're in, like— like their pants, like towels wrapped around their neck, like they just heard this, went like, Oh hell no. Yeah. And so they get out there, Matt Jackson grabs Mike, so it's like, No, the young bucks are the best tag team in wrestling, Kenny. Yeah, just notice how much he enunciates all of his words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
he announces that the Young Bucks are going to move up to the heavyweight division now. Yeah. So they and he's and we're gonna prove to you we're the best tag team. So the challenge is on Kodo Obushi being who he is, like we have to accept any challenge. Yeah. Like, that's his character. Can't turn him down. Right. So Kenny Omega reluctantly kind of on one hand the Bucks want it, they're they're not really talking to him, but he cares a lot about him. They're his like closest friends. Kodo Ibushi, his partner on romantically and in wrestling, he wants this match, so can he like reluctantly agrees, like, fine, fine, I will we'll just do the match. Yeah. So it's Kenny Omega and Kodo Ibushi against the Young Bucks. This is the main event of a show that happened in America for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And man, they just have match of the decade candidate. Yep. It was my second place match of the year that year. I think it was just like number six or eight on my match of the decade list. Mm-hmm. This phenomenal, like 30 minute unreal tacky match with amazing storytelling, great action and the golden lovers win. Yep. <coughs> Sorry. No, but... you're fine. James. Like I said, my timeline is all was, well, yeah. I felt like that was at the, was that the uh, end of a year though? That was, was at that the... a different one that they did again. Like, I remember there was a match where it was, like, the end of a year, and there was a bunch of, like, match of the year candidates already that year. And it was, like, two or three days before the end of the year. And that, was a diff- that was Kenny and um, Abushi against Okada and Tanahashi. Oh, that's right. And you're yeah. just like, oh, this is going to be a fun. And they freaking had, like, a <laughs> five-star house down, yeah. That's what, I was, <coughs> that's what I was getting confused with. Sorry about that. But, yeah. Um, so you're just seeing them rolling. Um like you said, the the keyword Kenny is happy now. Yeah. Uh, the Bullet Club was kind of like just generally a, a very jaded um, crew that just kind of like like to make fun of people, you know, kind of just be heels. I mean, it's a heel faction, but yeah. um, Kenny isn't like officially out, but he's just not hanging out with the crew anymore, and he's just always with Abushi and just generally a lot more um, positive. Yeah. Um, when when they beat the Bucks, like Kenny wants to shake hands, Bucks won't shake his hands still. And again, it was like a cool ending. It ended with Kenny hitting the one winged angel, and he didn't want to do it. Like he no. got Matt, the guy he'd accidentally pushed. Matt's got a back injury in the match. Um, he gets him up in the position, and he like hesitates and he like almost saying like no no. And Matt grabs his hand and he puts it on his own neck. Almost saying, like, don't you effing show mercy to me. Uh, right. And Kenny, again, reluctantly hits his finisher and then pin, and he gets pinned like a few minutes later, I think. Yep. And again, it's this cool thing where Kenny doesn't want to fight his friends, but they're kind of insisting on it. Uh, Matt is at least. Nick, sort of like Kenny, is more reluctant to fight. He's willing, but he's just like, no hatred involved, but we're doing this, Kenny. Yep. And Abushi, he's just a competitor. Nothing's personal to him. Um, it's an amazing match. If you can watch that match, Koto Abushi, Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks, find it. It's so good. <laughs> but then that happens, blah, blah, blah. And that's where we stand. There's still this tension between the Bucks and Kenny. Cody's still trying to officially take the reins. Kenny's teaming with Abushi. And while this is going on, Okada still defending the title, still winning, and it comes down to where he is about to set 
he ties the record for most title defenses. Mm-hmm. And so if he wins this title defense, his next one would be most title defenses. So this is the match to tie to see if he can become the most. And the guy he fights, you know, to break the record essentially is the guy who currently possesses the record, who is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. So going into very the match. Very poetic. Very poetic. Yeah, going into the match, Okada, again, he'll tie the record, but if he wins, he's going to break it with his next defense. Tanahashi's character, again, he's this legend of New Japan, very prideful, and he takes his legacy very seriously. Okay? So he doesn't want this record to be broken. That almost seems more important to him than winning the title itself. He wants to protect his legacy as he sees it. And Okada just beats him. And then Tanahashi, again, I love it when like New Japan does crying stuff because it always seems really like manly and badass when somebody cries in New Japan, right? Yeah. And and I and I'm not saying anything against crying. Like you, me, our friend Bill, we kind of identify ourselves as weepers. You know, like yeah. we, we cry a lot. And um. Anyway, Tanahashi, like, cries after the match, and he says, at a press conference, you know, like, this loss kind of sets him off on this trajectory, this amazing storyline that's going to last a year where he essentially finds redemption in his career, you know, but that loss was a big deal to him, but also, Okada is now going to set the record. Right. So he gets the microphone, and you want to, this is where you're going, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah. No, he just, um... He kind of starts listing, um, he says what's left for him to do. This is in Japanese, but Chris Charlton is translating for the commentary. Um, Basically says, uh, like, what's what's left for him to do. He's beaten everybody. He lists Um, off, like, all ten guys. Yeah, he lists, like, freaking Hall of Famers. Um, Yeah. Like, Tanahashi. Suzuki, Suzuki. Shibata. Omega. And, like, he does it in order. Yeah. And then, like, he gets the second one. He's like, Omega, draw, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, so it keeps releasing people, Naito, blah, blah. And then he says, after he goes through the list, people are applauding. And then he stops and says, there was that one draw. Yeah. Uh, so he <laughs> he says that um, he wants Kenny Omega, which is... Yeah. He's like calls him and goes, Can you oh my god? Yeah, I was gonna say I, was, I can't do a impersonation, <laughs> but um it's it's just kind of like has a WWE vibe to this, like calling somebody out, you don't know if they're gonna come out or not. A little bit of time passes, Kenny shows up, he's kinda like weirdly silent. Um but kinda clarifies that uh it's a tie right now between them, which Yeah. One it's, draw. It's true because it's yeah, it's a omega one draw one, one 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 yeah. Um, which again with your description of Japanese like four parters like yeah the four it's kind of a way to story. bring in like the four American vibe of like a tie like you can't it's got to be like two out of three because um, one of them was a draw so it's kind of like yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> He says that he wants to forget time limits, that there should be no time limits this time. Challenges him for Dominion. Kenny takes the mic and says, um, there's something that they can do even better, uh, which is best of three. Uh, Callus kind of clarifies on the on the commentary that that's a two out of three falls match. Mm. Um, <laughs> best of three. 
Okada agrees. Okada agrees, and the crowd kind of goes nuts because they just know they're in for another <laughs> classic. Yes. Um. So I want to. By the way, this uh, for act structure I keep mentioning in Japanese storytelling. This is. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Okay. This is called Kisho Tenketsu. I, I just butchered that. Whatever it is, but essentially it's introduction development twist and resolution act one introduces the topic act two elaborates on the information um and then act three puts a twist in the narrative and act four is the conclusion okay so act one would be like wrestle kingdom 11 okay they introduce like this epic match Act two would they the further story development that's Dominion where they have the draw and also probably um, the G one we get factored into that where it shows like okay Kenny can beat a wounded Okada so he's close to his level yeah Act three would be the Bullet Club dissolution mm-hmm. Kenny's complete change in attitude and again we kind of. We didn't really touch on the Jericho feud, but that sort of changed Kenny from like this bitter heel to like it get Jericho snuck attack Kenny, and suddenly Kenny felt like he had something to stand for. Right. So that it, sort of it's a little bit of a it. switch where Jericho's the heel, um, kind of mm-hmm. jerk American, and Kenny's more like the professional American. Yes. It's kind of the like slow turn of, into a baby face yeah so the twist is like the jerk kind of becoming this good guy and then this is the fourth act kenny okada four for the title two out of three falls no time limit at the same place they had their draw yep which was at this point the highest rated match ever by dave Meltzer, six and one quarter star yeah okay yeah because the third the third match got six stars again just yeah. like the first one yeah yeah so that yeah, we didn't talk about that as much, um, and we'll probably get into it after this. But it did kind of like dip a little bit the third one as far as like ratings and general feedback. Okay, still being an all time, like it's like oh that wasn't six and a half stars, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> boo hoo, you know. Um, so anyway, it's only the third or fourth best rated match of all time, right? Yeah. Still include involving the same, <laughs> same wrestlers. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did like when uh, Omega says two out of three falls, Okada goes two out of three falls. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, now it's sort of clear like they both respect each other quite a bit. You yeah. know, it, and it's funny too. Like, all right, so here's the thing. This is where this comes full circle. The symmetry of this going into the second match where Omega was saying, "I can't figure out why Okada challenged me." And the conclusion he comes to is, like, he challenged me because he needs me. Because he knows no match is more exciting than when he's in the ring with me. He needs me to justify this paper reign he has. Because he knows everything I say about him is true. He's a paper champion held up by a corporation. He needs someone like me who's fighting. Are, are we okay? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Okay. And so now they're going to, into the main. Okada's broken the defense record. And, again, Okada says there's that one draw. Right. Now, a year later, it actually is true where he feels like he needs Omega because there is no one else. Yep. He's beaten the world, essentially. And so it's kind of fun that, like, Omega was saying this boisterously as a bad guy, and now 
Okada, the good guy, essentially says, I need Omega. Right. That's the only one where there's any doubt. Omega, in a promo, like going into this match, brings up, he says, like, so here's what I've come to terms with. Okada, you're better than me. I was so distracted with beating you, with proving to the world that I'm the best wrestler, that I couldn't accept that simple fact. And this is the truth. I'm not as good as you. One-on-one, you're better than me. That's the story. But it's not just me anymore. I've got a partner. I've got a bushi. When I think I can't go anymore, Abushi pushes me further. When I want to stop, Abushi says, you got one more set. You got one more in you. I've gotten further with Abushi than I could ever get on my own. It does me no good to show up as the Kenny Omega who you've wrestled three times to face you because you know I can't beat you, and I know now I can't beat you. But me with Abushi, me showing up, in the best shape of my life ever, you're going to be facing a different person, and that guy's going to be the guy to beat you. And again, like this is a cool thing. This is putting over your opponent huge and saying also, but I'm a different person. Right. There's something worth watching this for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, on the go-home show to what you're about to talk about, Dominion. Mm-hmm. K Omega is not there. Okay, so this is gonna be like the first little part of this subtle thing they do, where it's implied Kenny Omega, and not so subtly in the post-match press conference, Kenny Omega is sort of like disrespecting maybe the Japanese culture by not showing up to the final show uh, before Dominion. Okada's there. But because Omega isn't there, Okada doesn't bring the belt. Almost like Okada is saying, I don't want to be recognized as champion just for the glory of having some belt. I want to be recognized as champion because I'm the best. But in his head, he's thinking, like, I can't think that about myself until I beat Omega for good, finally. And um, in the press conference, you know, he says, like, twice, Okada does, like, it's just a shame Kenny didn't show up tonight. And so going into Dominion, they had had these like different Twitter things going on to kind of further the thing where Omega would be training with Ibushi and posting all these pictures, and Okada would be like fly fishing with kind of two things going on there. Him saying like, I'm, you know, mentally getting fresh, mentally getting recharged for the biggest match of my life. But the also kind of unspoken implication being he's probably really hurt from this record-breaking title defense reign. He might not be able to train as hard as he used to be able to. Or it could also be taken as... I think it's taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah, like or like I don't need to train for him because I'm so much better than him. You know, like I can rest and, you know, still beat him on a... Just a random, you know. Right, and because they don't talk about it, it's cool. It's kind of mysterious. Yeah, it's so left up to you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right, so all that, that's my final sidebar, Josh. You're fine. I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. <laughs> all right, man. Well, really so it. so it's D- Dominion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we're, what we're <laughs> working towards. Um, the fourth and 
Unfortunately, final one-on-one as, match as of, to date. As of right now. So there's a intro video, and Kenny kind of has like a tradition of having weird intro videos that like not a lot of people really understand. Um, <laughs> this one is kind of no different. Um, and it starts out kind of normal-ish, like just promos. He says that he's, like you said, he's stronger with Coda by his side. Um but he, it starts out, uh, Kenny is wincing in pain, um, showing the losses to Yeah, like, almost like a kind of brain aneurysm. Yeah, it's, it just shows him kind of thinking, looking back and like when he, it shows the different losses or draws or whatever. Yeah, they show to Okada, flashbacks, yeah. Um, shows the, the Cody and the Bucks turning on him, um. Just basically, just in a lot of darkness and pain and suffering, and they keep going back to Kenny, like holding his head and yeah, scene, and like almost like sports. a soap opera, like yeah. acting. Right. Yeah. Um, so then this like white feather falls out of the sky, and it's um, essentially is Abushi, like Abushi's there, sta- standing there, symbolically, um, like Kenny's move is the one winged angel, right. Abushi is the other wing that makes Omega a better person. Yeah. Yeah. So he asks, Abushi asks him, what did it cost? Well, he uh, says, are you ready? Right? Yeah. Are, are you prepared or something like so, that? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Um, and Omega says, in Japanese, says yes. Right. And then. <laughs> yeah, he says, what did it cost? And he says, everything. And then they show the Bullet Club logo, like, go up in flames. Disappears. And, yeah. Um, Kenny walks out like at first just him, but then Abushi Abushi is not far behind him. Yeah, so for the first time, the young bucks are not in his corner for a match right. with Okada. Which is just like, like I was saying, like when we were watching it as it was happening, was just a really strange thing to see. You yeah. know, Kenny, especially at a big event like that, without the young bucks there. Cool um, thing too, like this was on Being the Elite, I think before the match. At some point in the locker room, the Young Bucks approach Kenny Omega, and they just say, like, hey, um, listen, this is a big night for you. We know we're not here to say anything, but we got a little present for you. And, like, they hand it to him, and Kenny says, guys, I don't know what to say right now. And they say, this is for after the match. And he says, like, right now you just need to focus. Don't even think about it after the match. And Kenny says, like, okay. And, like, he goes back to focusing. And that's it, again. 20 seconds, but it speaks a ton of volume on, like, the tension that's been going on mm-hmm. and the fact that, okay, this is the biggest night of Kenny's career. They really do care about him. Right. You know? So they come non-confrontationally to try and, again, they just hand him a wrapped present, and we don't know what it is. So. And and you see it on being the elite after the fact. Yes. So you already know the outcome of the match and all that stuff. Um so the so the match starts. It's they do the a cool Dominion entrance again. Oh yeah, yeah. For Okada, yeah. where they show like every champion. Yeah, I noticed that, and I think they did that. Um, one of the other matches where we were wondering if it's only is so it's it only not just a, Dominion, right? Okay, good. Um, I remember. So we talk about like reactions sometimes. I was not only disappointed with there being the third one so quickly. I remember feeling also a little bit disappointed at the two out of three falls matches um, match announcement because I'm generally not a fan okay. of that kind of match. Okay. And like <sighs> the thing that I like 
fell in love with New Japan was the whole like epicness of all of their like solo no like shenanigans just a solo match mm-hmm. and I was like two out of three this is a little too like <laughs> westerny for me like I wanted it to be an hour long epic yeah and with a two out of three thing I feel like sometimes it's very telegraph like you know where it's going because right you know it's going to end up they need to have a third one you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing um but all that being said, like, and of this course, screws with your perception so hard yeah. with how they structure it. So, as like, like I said, like, they still manage to get away with it. Like, it's still an, a crazy match. Um, I think the time is like almost seventy minutes. Right. Um, so you still get the epicness. Mm-hmm. You still get the all timer kind of like feel. It is my favorite match of all time. Okay. So they were able to do that in a two out of three falls, which is just such, to me, just such a gimmicky idea. Yeah. Um, it's like if you can beat them the first time, just pin them again real fast. Right. Well, what's funny is it's not too different from an Iron Man match, which is one of my other favorite matches of all time. But anyway, one thing that happens a lot of times in these kinds of matches is somebody gets a pinfall like a a roll-up or something like that, like relatively early on, right? Mm-hmm. As like a, oh, okay, there's one quick one that makes sense, and we'll get it out of the way. This one doesn't have one until like at least a half an hour into the match. Um, and it's, did you have stuff, James, before? Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. So Okada gets it without doing a Rainmaker. Right. Okay, man. And that's the end. That's the first fall of Okada was roll. So this is the insane thing about this, okay? So going into the match, you're thinking, okay, Okada just set a record. There's really nobody left to face. Kenny's got to win the belt here, Mm -hmm. okay? It's two out of three falls. So as a wrestling fan, you're like, so this is how this happens. Okada wins the first fall with a Rainmaker, his finisher. Yep. Kenny wins the second fall with, like, a roll-up. And then Kenny wins the final fall with the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right away, like, before you're going in, you're kind of like, I know how this is going to be structured. Like, this is Pro Wrestling 101. Right. The 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 challenger, I guess, the good guy, quote-unquote, which is, they're both good guys yeah. at this point, but Kenny Omega is sort of like the underdog. The underdog here. He's got to win the final fall with this finisher. But they're not going to repeat finisher. They're not going to repeat how the end falls. Right. So... Okada will like win the first fall with his finisher because people want to see that. Omega will get like a roll up and then Omega will win with his finisher. Well, what happens is Okada wins the first fall with a roll up without ever hitting his finisher. Which right away, because if you're a wrestling fan that I've seen like these matches a bunch of times, you're like, oh shit. Like he's still got the Rainmaker. Right. He's still, we still haven't seen a fall end with the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Which means like, well, is Okada's going to lose, right? Like he. But he just won that fall with a roll up, and we, like, well, your your wheels start spinning, right, James? Yeah, so like, like they got to end the fall with his finisher. So yeah. one kind of thing we haven't really touched on is like they've the the main the elite the main people from the Bullet Club have gotten so so popular that people like us and WWE fans have started paying attention. You start seeing rumors and news stories all the time of like. 
Are they going to go to WWE? Like, the next logical step is for them to go to WWE. John Cena is posting Kenny Omega fan stuff on his Twitter Yeah, bio. I mean, it just, yeah. like, again, logical wrestling 101 or whatever. Like, it just makes sense that that's where they're going. So I think when Okada did that the first fall, a lot of people, myself included, were like, they're going to let him win again because they already know that Kenny's not coming back. Like, yeah. something's going on here. Like, they're... They've already given him an indication that it's over. Like, this will be a good close to the chapter, but Okada's going to retain and be the, like, Bruno, like, whatever, like, year years-long champion. And the meta element of it is, um, in, like, real-life interviews, Kenny would always get asked, like, have you thought about going to WWE? Anytime he got asked that, <coughs> excuse me, he would answer so respectfully. Yeah. He would say something like, I don't think anyone could argue that they're not far and away the biggest company on the planet. If you're a pro wrestler, I mean, that's the top. Wrestling at WrestleMania, that is the thing. And then he would talk about how much he loves being in New Japan and how they're trying to do something different and special there and how much it means to him to be a performer. But it wasn't like FWWE, I never want to go there, like Will Ospreay style. He word against them, yeah. Yeah. And it was it, he would praise them and then say how proud he is of what he's doing. And he had friends there and stuff. Yeah, and again, AJ the Styles guy, was there, right? And the top guy in the company is like tweeting like, "Dude, you and me one day, man." Something like that, Ugh. you know. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah. When he loses this first fall, like Josh said, the meta stuff starts going like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! This isn't how this plays out." Yeah, yeah. So then we go into the second fall. And to do you want to talk? You want to do all right? You're fine to continue with like them screwing, you know, with like your expectations. Omega wins the second fall with his finisher, yeah. Which then you're like, well, they're not going to repeat how they end falls, so we haven't like Okada hasn't won a fall with his finisher. Omega just won the middle fall of the match with his finisher. And again, the big climax of like a 70-minute match, you're expecting it to be like a grand finale, like a big finisher, right? Yeah. And with the story of all four matches of the one-winged angel where he couldn't hit it, he hit it, but Okada was in the ropes, and he hit it, and he got the pin. Now it's two out of three falls, and he hit it like, yep, it's still enough to beat Okada. But they just did that. Uh-huh. Why would they do it again? And so at this point, going into the third fall, you're kind of thinking, Okada's Okada's gonna win, right? It, like, it's all in, you were adding almost positive up. Omega was gonna win, but watching this match, you're like, oh shit, it's gonna be Okada one more time. And and I, so Okada spears Kenny Omega, but then it looks like he's knocked out, and so Omega rolls him over, pins him one, two, three, pulls up his shirt, and he's got a <laughs> steel thing wrapped around his <laughs> just like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> and then Omega yells, hey, um, what's her called? Hey, Gato, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> hey, he's got a maple leaf shirt. That makes sense, too. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I, So we talked about the first two falls. Before we get to the third fall, I just wanted to bring up this crowd. Yeah. They start out cheering Okada, sort of like, and again, not booing Omega, but sort of like Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. In Russia at the end, where Rocky wins over the crowd, Omega wins over the crowd here with his performance. It's really cool how they just sort of um, back him up. Yeah. 
Omega's wearing a, a rainbow on one of his shorts, which is cool, with, like, his Ibushi storyline, you know, the gay pride thing. It kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know, this might be too off, but the Bret Hart Stone Cold WrestleMania 13 match. Yeah. Of just, like, you're, the crowd is so into everything that's going on mm-hmm. that they just flip, like, whoever is in the lead, <laughs> essentially, yeah. they're, like, yeah, that guy rules. You know, like both dudes are just so amazing that yes. it's not like you're over the whole heel thing at that point. You're yeah. just loving the wrestling. I mean, and you think that we're talking Bret Hart and Steve Austin, people to hear that go like, oh, like one of the best ever and maybe the biggest star ever. Yeah. You know, and this is the comparison that is fair for this yeah. match. You know, um, again, we get another freaking top rope drop kick um and oh my gosh if i recall correctly i think yeah yes okay this is okada to omega okay so omega is down on the mat and he gets up and he's on like one knee and okada's on the top rope and he jumps off he hits one of those brutal mule kick drop kicks Mm -hmm. And Omega, like, folds over, rolls, like, ten feet backwards, and it's so vicious-looking. Kevin Kelly yells, like, ah, just murdered him with that dropkick. <laughs> and it, it gets two, but, man, the drop, the top rope dropkicks in this feud, I think there's one every match, just insanely vicious. Um, okay, so you talked about the second fall. Uh, they incorporate the table. We keep talking about the table, right? Uh, one last time, you know, they tease a one-winged angel through the table, which is a callback to the angle before the first match. And I should mention, there are a ton of callbacks in this match. A ton of callbacks in this match. There's a um, tombstone on the apron, which kind of harkens back to that um, Snapdragon on the apron. Yeah. Um, kind of like a little payback uh, receipt. Yes. Form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Okada hitting Omega with the tombstone on the apron. Did you like after the second fall when um, Omega hits his finisher out Okada? And there's like the mandatory, I think, is it like a 90 yeah. second rest period yeah, between like falls? That. And Omega wants to go in for the attack, and the referee keeps stopping him. And Don Callis on commentary is like, Why is he stopping him? And Kelly's like, There's Just... 90 seconds between falls. It's bullshit. So confused. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> And, um, all right, Josh, take us home, man. So, uh, I mean, literally, like we said, like 65, 68 minutes in or whatever. It's just unreal. They're so visibly exhausted. Yeah. Um, Okada hits a very weak um, Rainmaker. And this is, yeah, so this is a callback to their second match. The first match, Kenny collapsed because mm-hmm. he was so exhausted. That was how he, quote, unquote, dodged it. Yeah. This time, Okada's so exhausted that he hits it, and there's just nothing behind it. So his arm bounces off Omega. Yeah, it looks it looks bad, <laughs> but like on purpose, you know. On purpose, like, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, Okada's got nothing dead. right now. Yeah. Um. But he hits him again with another rainmaker. This time, it's um. A lot more energetic. Yeah, he like sucks up all his energy yeah. and puts it all into that one move, and he gets his finisher, which he hadn't gotten a lot in this match. But using all that energy, he had no energy left to pin him. Yes. Um, 
which is awesome. Yeah, it was great. So, so you're seeing, like we were saying, like what's going to happen. Okay, he hits his move. He hits it twice. Now he's not freaking pinning him. It's over freaking 60 minutes. Like, what the hell is going to happen? <laughs> so what's going to happen is <laughs> Omega's going to hit his finisher twice, the one-winged angel, and pin him one, two, three. That was shocking, too, because you think they're not going to end two falls the same way, but they did. Yeah. So, again, as a wrestling fan, when that three count hits, you do have the, like, <gasps> he did it Yeah. type reaction. So, despite it being kind of obvious going in, they structured it to still surprise the crap out of you as a viewer, which, again, brilliant. That would have never occurred to me yeah. to do. Yeah. So good. Um. So he's a champ, finally, after all that time. I mean, I think it was, like, probably, like, just around two years of really building that. I mean, the first one was a year and a half um, mm-hmm. before that, but including the G1 and everything. It's just super long build, super good payoff. And the ultimate thing, I know this is one of oh, your yeah, favorite yeah, things yeah. ever, so you got to talk about So, So I'm a little hazy on the um, exact order, but basically the um, the – Abushi comes out, hugs him, great moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the young bugs come out, kind of look like they're gonna do some sort of, you know, chin music or something like that. Um, but eventually they they embrace, they hug, and kind of like all four of them are hugging simultaneously. And the cool thing about it is like you know they're announcing Kenny as champion when like the young bucks get in the ring. And the referee goes to hand Kenny the belt, and Kenny pushes the referee back yeah. and doesn't take the belt because it's more important to him to hug the young bucks so, because they're finally making up. Yeah. So really, like the, uh, I'm sure you could spin it as cheesy, but for us, like was it was really beautiful. meaningful. Was yeah. like this beautiful love conquers, of you yeah. know, everything. Like, um, I think I like that punch drunk love <laughs> line where he's like. <laughs> I have a love in my life, which makes me stronger than you'll ever know or something. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, it's like, it's like that. Like he did the, the other matches with, um, you know, darkness in his heart and all this stuff. And like, just being a jerk in the bullet club and everything. None of it helped him win the belt until he brought like love into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, and that's it. You know, that's the story. On his friends, his loved ones, it makes you stronger. Yeah. It is. I think there's a Chinese proverb that essentially translates to "It is a strength to trust your friends." And Kenny Omega by himself couldn't do it, but Kenny Omega with Abushi, and now with the Young Bucks, he's he's the champion. And they start. Um... And wow, they started a faction, yeah. The present the Bucks gave him was a t-shirt that said Golden Elite. Yeah. Because Kenny and the Bucks were always called the Elite. Uh, Kenny and Abushi were the Golden Lovers. And essentially they're telling him, like, let's just, we're all best. You know, he's your guy. He's good with us. Yeah, there was a, not too long after that, there was a podcast 
what was it? I think it was on a Jericho cruise, maybe. Yeah. Um, where they did like a live Q and A, and they basically just kind of nonchalantly said, like, "Yeah, I think we're done with the whole Bullet Club thing. Like, we're the elite, and like, the crowd's all excited." But it's kind of like you never really like did anything in storyline with that. You're just now you're just called the elite, which eventually does lead into AEW uh, yeah. that next year, which <sighs> which is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a a little bit of a bummer as a Kenny mark that he didn't get some crazy long title run but that story was enough i mean it didn't need it's an all like two years story. worth yeah. of running with the belt so i was glad that when he was leaving essentially made it known that he was leaving to new japan that he dropped the belt to jay white um as opposed to no he didn't drop the belt to jay white he dropped the belt to hiroshi tanahashi are you sure James? kenny omega yeah it was at wrestle kingdom uh 13 was that's right tanahashi lost it to jay white yes but my my point being it wasn't like another freaking okada omega match that would have been a bummer if they would have been like let's do it again like (laughs) after all of that give okada Um, his win back they just left uh, it like it was yeah eventually the belt of course they get back to okada um yep (laughs) but sure um they didn't make it go from kenny to okada which i thought was very like professional of them they could have kind of like buried him once he decided that he wasn't going to stay but right regardless james so, i know we only have uh our do we have five star or ten 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 out of ten i don't remember what scale we generally use but i don't know I, okay well, i don't i know i'm not gonna bust no scale or anything i think we uh do like grades like a b c d okay yeah so what would you grade this feud well so also oh, the feud is a plus okay um, I was going to do the matches too, but my, my yeah, point yeah. was really just going to be like on a normal scale without breaking anything weirdly, mm-hmm. they would just all be five stars, all a pluses, yeah. all four stars. If you only do four, whatever it is. Okay. Um, but <laughs> ranking <laughs> wise, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's you're ranking matches. all five star matches. Uh, for me, would, I think we did this not too long ago with the, what was it? Best of the decade. Best of the decade, probably. And I had it wrong. Rewatching them this time, it was four is the best. Okay. At, for me, and then two, then one, then three. All right. So four, two, one, three is how you would rank them. Okay. Yep. I would go one, three, two, four. What? It, it's weird Jeez. how, like, we're both, like, we have completely different rankings. Yeah. And we have nothing bad to say right. about any of the matches. No, yeah. they're all amazing. Say yeah. it again. Yours is... One, three, two, four. And again, one of the reasons I like three better than two and four is length. And I definitely think the reason I like two better than four is, like, length. You know, it's an yeah. hour match. But for whatever reason, that extra, like, ten it is really good. minutes, yeah. Yeah. And it takes, like, one of the things I wrote down about the fourth match, it takes, like, 11 minutes to get to the bell. Like, it's a long yeah. video package. It's a intro. movie. It <laughs> is. It's a movie. Like, you're investing 90 minutes, you know, yeah. after everything with that last match. And hey, just one more match. Let's just watch this real fast. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody falls asleep. So, all right, Josh. So, this is the hard part. Do you feel up to comparing this to some of the other feuds we've done? I mean, so I, w- I can try. Okay. <laughs> Would you say this is better than Steamboat Savage? Yes. Would you say it's better than Sean Taker? Yes. 
would you say it's better? I, this is our fourth view. Yeah. There's only one more. Yeah, I know. I... Is it better than Brett versus Owen? I would say no. But I think that overall, the four matches they have are easily better than the four oh, Brett Owen matches. Yeah, the match the Brett quality. Owen matches, like one and two, I'd call it a wash with like one. I'd say those both those matches are as good as Okada Omega one. But then Okada Omega two, three, four are so far better than the other two Brett Owen matches. Absolutely. It's not crazy, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's really freaking hard. Okay. I feel like we're both a little biased. Yeah, on we our grew side. up with Brett Owen. Yeah, we got nostalgia. Well, and I mean, me bias for the Kenny stuff. Like, oh, okay, yeah. And I'm bad at recency bias too, so I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. I, I forgot to do this tonight. Since I was thinking about our first series and how you were so pro Owen, and that was really fun. Yeah. I was gonna give you a big rant about how Omega's immature and <laughs> Okada's been a professional the whole time, Just and can't really do it. he should have kept the belt if things were done correctly in that last match but i couldn't do it yeah not yet i'll save I, that one for the next shot i feel like I'll aside from just the Sean. fact that i love rankings but they are just so like arbitrary and weird and make no it sense is, it, and it's not like definitive <laughs> it's always like what mood did you wake up in? yeah um I, I have a playlist on my ipods like my 10 favorite songs by like my 100 favorite bands right I was listening to part of it today, and again, like the first five on the list are all like, I left out this song, this song, this song, which I love. I must have just been in a mood that day, and I know if I switched it, I'd be in a different mood the next day. You know, yeah. When I'm back, yeah. Um. So anyway, I don't know if I had to pick, I'd pick Kenny and okay, Okada. It's great. It's great. Well, Josh, do you want to tell we did it. the listeners about our next? We did it. It took us. A- so, if anybody is still listening, James, <laughs> After we will bring you back to the good old days um, of Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania running wild all over everybody. We were up in the air between a few different ones, but I think we decided on this guy named, what is it, Andre the Giant? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of him. Fezzik, I believe he's called in some circles. I think he's in that movie, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah. My Giant with Billy Crystal. Robin, no, no, not that Robin one. Hood, Princess T. Is that, is that what it is? Something like that. <laughs> something with, like, you know, sword fighting yeah. or something. I don't know. So My favorite so movie. We're going to go one with that. Um, Hogan, Andre, uh, if you want to prep anything, feel free to watch the... I'll never stop talking about the Andre the Giant documentary on <laughs> HBO HBO and the network now. WWE um, Network, it's awesome. But yeah. I'll be making a playlist in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's WrestleMania season, so we were kind of... Oh, man. Again, we is. wanted to do a WrestleMania main event for our next feud, and yeah. WrestleMania 3, to this day, probably one. the biggest ma- Mania main event ever. Yep. Hogan vs. Andre. Yep. All right, Josh. It's amazing that, you know, these Omega Okada matches, you can count on the quality so consistently to be amazing. Because normally, in life, (laughs) there are only three things you can really count on. Death. Taxes. And and Randy Randy Savage. Savage. And Okada Omega matches. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) See you next time.